You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sula talks about how making room for Jesus sets us up for success in our marriages and lives. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. My name is Joe. I'm one of your leaders here. And we're excited today because we are going to continue our series on love and marriage. It's called Love of My Life. But before that, I'd like you to just say hi to the person beside you. If, you're, if it's your first time here, welcome to Every Nation Canberra. If it's not your first time, welcome again. I'm glad to see all of you. As a church, we are here to honor God in everything that we do, and we're here to spread the love of Jesus to everyone. Before I move on, I would like to remind everyone that we are going to have our second mid-year prayer and fasting happening on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of July. It's just three days, so I encourage you to join us. Our fasting booklets and guide will be distributed next week, so please uh, join us for our prayer and fasting. Our sharing today is entitled, Make Room. It's all about making room for God in our lives and making room for God in our marriages. Why do we need to make room for God? If we are really honest with ourselves, we need to make room for God because most of us, admit it, are just too busy with too many other things that God becomes irrelevant in our lives. Yes, we believe Him, but we simply do not have time for God. And a lot of us are distracted with the things of the world that God simply has no place of importance or relevance in our lives. And a lot of us are just too obsessed with achieving our dreams and our goals. I'm not saying that it's wrong, but in that process, we just tell God, God, can you just be on the side for the meantime? I'll get back to you if I have time. See, if you have been caught up in the distraction, the business of life, and the obsession with things of the world, the question that you should honestly answer today is this. Where is God in your life right now? If you are really honest with yourself, and you cannot lie about it because God knows your heart, where is God in your life right now? When my wife and I had a one-on-one counseling when we attended the Every Nation Oshania Pastors Couples Retreat in Kulungata several months ago, the first question that was asked of me was along this line. Joe, where is God in your life right now? And I find it quite amusing in a way, quite unexpected, for that to be the first question to be asked during the counseling session, considering that it was for pastors and their wives. And then I realized that even believers, even Christians, sometimes we struggle with remembering the relevance, the importance of our relationship with God and how that relationship affects our relationship with our spouse. You see, our horizontal relationship with the people around us is directly influenced by our vertical relationship with God. I've always believed that the kind of marriage that we have 
Listen to this. The kind of marriage that you have is a reflection of the kind of relationship you have with God. Simply put it, your personal relationship with Jesus directly affects your relationship with your husband or with your wife. Our verse today takes us to Psalm chapter 73, verse 28. But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. The nearness of God is my good. Before your husband or your wife, the most important relationship that you could ever have is your relationship with Jesus Christ, your relationship with God. Because our ultimate joy can only be found in that relationship alone. This is how God designed marriage. See, marriage is not just about you and your wife or you or your husband. It's true that you need to draw closer to each other as a husband and wife. You're, that's your objective. But one thing that most of us do not realize is that we have a line that connects us directly to God. You and your wife or your spouse or your husband, you both have a line that directly connects you to God. And if we follow those lines, if you look at drawing, if you follow those lines, you will see that the closer you get to God, the closer you get to your spouse. And the farther away you go out down the line, away from God, the more weaker, the more weak your marriages become. You know, it's that line that connects you to God that is important in our lives. The question is, I want to ask you this, is that line in your life right now existing? Do you have a personal, deep, true, and meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ in your life? Do you ask God for wisdom in your marriage? And do you ask without doubt? Because if you doubt God, then don't be surprised why your marriage is being tossed like a wave of the sea back and forth, blown by the wind. If that line between you and God is non-existent, then there is nothing that you could anchor your hope upon. I'm sorry to tell you, there is nothing that you can anchor your hope upon. If you are single, don't ever attempt to marry without Jesus. I tell you that. If you are married and Jesus is not at the center of your marriage, you and your spouse, I tell you now, should decide individually what you're going to do about Jesus, what he did on the cross, and his call for your life. It is a decision that you have to make today. A marriage without Jesus is like a couple jumping off a plane without a parachute, hoping that they would somehow land safely. They won't. It's a recipe for disaster. Relationships can get very, very messy. And most of us in this room probably can attest to that, right? Our marriages will never be close to becoming perfect. There will be times when it will be put to the test. There will be times that it will be put into the fire. Times that you would hurt so bad that you just want to say, Lord, I give up. I cannot take this anymore. In our, when our marriage is in crisis, 
It's harder to remember the vows that we made. It's harder to remember the I do's. It's easier to dwell on the I don'ts. I don't love you anymore. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I don't want to fight for our marriage anymore. You see, we do not fight in our marriages. We fight for our marriages. Remember, when you fight with your spouse, listen to this, you are putting yourself in a vicious circle where your only aim is to prove yourself right at the expense of your spouse's feelings. When you're fighting for your spouse, you're telling that person that you are more important than what we are fighting about. That being right is not much important as that of doing what is right. You're telling your, the other person that your marriage is more important than the issues you are fighting about. The Bible clearly says that our battles are not against flesh and blood. Your wife, your husband, that's your partner. They're not your enemy. You either win together or you lose together. I have made the Lord God my refuge. When the storms of your life come, who do you run to for refuge? Where do you seek shelter? They say that the person we love the most is the very same person who could hurt us the most. When the person who is supposed to love you, take care of you, and nurture you is the very same person who's pushing you away and hurts you, then who do you run to for refuge? Who do you run to for help? The Bible is very clear on this. We have to run to God. We have to run to Jesus. We do not seek refuge on what the world or what your friend has to offer. We seek comfort in the loving arms of Jesus. This verse tells us that we have to trust God with our marriage. When you are hurt by, frustrated with, and sometimes you feel hopeless about your spouse, remember Jesus is your refuge. The first person that you turn to when you're having difficulty in your marriage is Jesus. Not your mother-in-law, not your son, not your daughter, not your best friend. The first person you turn to is Jesus. He understands your pain. He knows your hurts. The Bible says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and He saves those who are crushed in spirit. That I may tell of all your works. The purpose of your marriage, more than to make you happy, is to make you holy and glorify God. Keep that in mind. More than to make you happy, the purpose of you being with your wife and your husband is for you to be holy and for that marriage to be God-glorifying. A marriage of purpose is a husband and a wife together, working together to glorify God. Marriage is a choice that you make every day. And it's a choice that you make over and over and over again. And that choice is reflected on how you treat your spouse. You cannot say, I love you, but treat her otherwise. You see, your actions are not justified by how you feel. We justify our actions by what we feel. I feel hurt so that I, I, won't, I won't treat you well. I always tell my family, my, my, my kids, 
Whenever you are in a difficult situation, you always have a choice to love or not to love that person. Your actions cannot be justified by what you feel. It's always a choice. Loving others is always a choice. Remember this, if you are married, the most important person that God will place in your life to love and to serve is your spouse. The most important person that God has placed in your life right now is the person sitting beside you and God telling you, you love that person. You know what the devil wants? He wants your marriage to fail. Because if your marriage succeeds, Jesus is glorified. The enemy, he wants you to jump off the ship in the middle of the storm. And if your marriage is anchored on whether you feel happy or not, then all your decisions will be based on what you feel, not, on, not, not based on what is right in the eyes of God. See, if, if your marriage is anchored on your feelings, then your life will be driven by feelings and not on what is right in the eyes of God. If your marriage is anchored on Jesus, there is always hope. And the Bible says this hope is steadfast. This hope is sure. True unselfish love puts the needs of the other person above your own needs. How do we make room for God in our marriage? I can easily say that Jesus is the center of my life, Jesus is the center of my marriage, but I can only prove that not with my words, but by how I order and prioritize my life. See, where God sits in that order of priority reveals who He is in my life and in my marriage. They say that success is only another form of failure if we forget what our priority should be. You can be successful in the job that you're in. You can be successful in your business, in your career, in your school, in the project that you're working on. But I tell you, the success and everything that goes with it means nothing if you fail to love, to cherish, and honor your spouse. No amount of success in life can compensate for failure in your marriage. Love your wife, love your husband, respect one another. Psalm chapter 73, verse 28. There are three things that we learn from this very powerful verse. Number one, the nearness of God is my good. Put God first in your marriage. I have made the Lord God my refuge. It means that you have to trust God with your marriage. Do not lean on your own understanding that I may tell of all your works. It simply means that we have to glorify God in everything that we do. If you're into classical music, I would just like to share with you the story of Johann Sebastian Bach. He's a German pianist and composer and is world famous. He's considered one of the greatest composers of all time. Together with Beethoven and Brahms, 
Ba forms the big three Bs of the entire world of classical music. Beethoven, Brahms, and, and Bach. Christians still sing his hymns. Choirs still play his cantatas. And a lot of orchestras still play his concertos. You see? Johann, every time he writes a song, on the top page of the first page of his composition, he would write the letters J-J. The letters stand for a Latin phrase, meaning Yesu Yuva, which essentially means Jesus, help me. Whenever he began a new piece, he would pray, Jesus, help me. In our marriage, everything starts with Jesus. You don't just dive into something and say, I can do this. Johan, before he writes anything, he prays and says, Jesus, help me. Put God first. The secret of his success lies in him putting God first in everything that he does. The secret of the success of your marriage lies in you putting Jesus first in your relationship before your spouse. The nearness of God is my good. Yesu Yuva, we acknowledge that apart from Jesus, there is nothing that we can accomplish in our marriage. He once said, I play the notes as they are written, but it is God who plays the music. Johann trusted God with his music. We need to trust God with our marriage. He will create the music for us. The secret of success lies in trusting God with the marriage and allowing Him to write your story according to His will. Your marriage is a composition dedicated to God. When he is finally satisfied with what he wrote, he would sign that piece of paper with the initials SDG, Soli Deo Gloria. It means for the glory of God alone. Everything that he achieves in life, he doesn't take credit to himself. He says, for the glory of God alone. He hoped that when the music was played, it would point toward, towards God and not towards Him. His music was not about Him. It was always about God. Your marriage is not about you. It's about God. For the glory of God alone. That's what our marriages should be. Your marriage is not about how good you are. It's about how good God is. It's not about you. The way you treat your spouse, that is your testimony. The way you feel about your husband or your wife, that is your choice. And the way, the manner 
at which your life and your marriage glorifies God, that is your responsibility. Your marriage is your testimony. Your marriage is your choice. Your marriage is your responsibility. Soli Deo Gloria, the one secret that will change your marriage is when you view it as a means by which God is glorified in you and through you. And if that happens, I tell you, when you put God first, when you trust Him with your marriage and you glorify God with your marriage, everything changes. The dynamic of your relationship changes. Everything changes. Everything. For the glory of God alone. The question that we have to answer today is this. Does your life, if you're honest with God today, does your life, does your marriage glorify Him? Let's all pray. For me, to draw near to God is good. I made the Lord God my refuge. I may tell all of His glory. Lord, thank You for that Word. Thank You that Your Word is sharp, is alive and active. It pierces through the divisions of the soul and spirit, joints and marrows, and exposes the motives and the intentions of our hearts. You know what really struck me? Was that picture how God designed marriage and I realize that sometimes that line between us and God becomes blurry and sometimes non-existent at all if you are here today and you believe in Jesus Christ I want to ask you where is God in your life and in your marriage right now is that line existing my prayer is that you will recommit your life, your marriage, and your relationships to God. He will be the center of everything and anything that you do in your life. And that He will be glorified in that because He is first. He is your refuge. And to Him you bring glory through your marriage. If you are here today, and that line is non-existent. You're probably not even aware that you need to have that relationship with Jesus. My prayer is that Jesus will touch you, open your heart, and reveal Himself to you. That you will have a deep, real, and meaningful relationship with Him. Because that is where it all starts. So Lord, we thank You for Your Word today. Thank you for reminding us that we have to put everything aside and put you there right in the middle of it all. To put you number one on our list of things to do, things to think about. That you will be first and foremost in our life and in our marriages. That when things go wrong and things get shaky, we seek refuge in you. Not in other people, not in what the world has to offer, not in alcohol or drugs or pornography, but we run to you. We anchor our hope on you because your hope is sure and steadfast. 
Lord, we thank you and we pray that our lives and our marriages would be deemed worthy of your glory. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for our spouses. Thank you for our families. And thank you for the life that we have in Christ because of what he did on the cross. We thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at encanbra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanbra.